Why are more movies shot in San Diego? It's just a two-hour drive south from L.A., but L.A. always seems to get all the love. San Diego's got nice beaches. San Diego's got even cleaner air. And some better Mexican food. Fight me on that one. And in the 80s, it had this pretty sweet theme song. So why are more movies made in San Diego? Because if San Diego finally gets invited to the big game, they've always got to screw it up. Music! Welcome to the New World Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. Happy New Year! Uh, I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. Oh, happy, happy New Year, everybody. And Erica. Happy New Year, Ryan! Happy New Year, Mark! Hello, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Erica. Happy New Year, listener! We're doing it! We're doing it! Um, Happy New Year, Erica's brother! (laughs) (laughs) hey ben here's a shout out thank you for listening let's hope he made it this deep into the episode (laughs) (laughs) here's 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 gonna be a real san diego episode this is gonna it is oh yep it's san diego tastic this is a this is a moment for mark and i to just revel in our san diego roots uh (laughs) with a movie that was shot in san diego and a movie that is really, when it comes to a podcast that's going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures, this is certainly a the biggest stretch we've ever made. Because as far as I can tell, this movie uh, was released by New World on VHS in Canada. So this is pretty loose, but uh, that doesn't mean we can't talk about Slaughterhouse, sponsored by Pepsi. Little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy has roast beef. This little piggy has none. This little piggy ran wee 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 all the way home. Slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> 
biggest porker of them all. My boy, Buddy. Buddy's not just another pretty face. Some say he reeks of class. Others say he just reeks. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yes, Slaughterhouse from 1987. Mm. We're talking near the end of the slasher cycle, but it's not too soon to a couple of San Diego boys who decided to get in on the craze before it completely went out. Um, what? We're talking about writer director. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold uh, on. Wrestler. What wrestler. craze? Like the the uh, the pork the slasher the, the movie craze. themed slasher movie was that a big craze? That's right. That's right. That's right. The, the movies featuring uh, factories. They like they saw Gung Ho and they were like, "Hey, we can make a movie about a factory." Uh, yeah. Th- this uh, this okay. So we have to start off by talking about we got to figure out what this movie's about. So let's find out. Let's go around. I'll just go around the table here and find out what's this movie about, Mark? Uh, that you don't want more than 30% fat on your cuts of pork. Oh, that is very true. That is very true. Uh, Erica, what is this movie about? Oof, good question. I'm going to go ahead and say this movie's about how hard it is to find a missing deputy. <laughs> Very true. It's almost, it is nearly impossible to to locate a member of the police force when they go missing. Um, I want to say uh, Slaughterhouse, sponsored by Pepsi, is about, um, I agree with Mark, it's really, to me, I found it to be a harrowing tale of how far a man could be pushed by the anti-lean meat consortium. <laughs> so, sort of the uh, we're on the same page then. We're basically we agree. Yeah, we agree. I mean, when you are forced into doing thirty percent fat, you will go to the edge and you will not come yeah. back. Breaking mm-hmm. point. That is That's the breaking, the breaking point. point. Uh, anyway, sponsored by Pepsi. So, Slaughterhouse. <laughs> um, let me tell you what Slaughterhouse, sponsored by Pepsi. Uh, is about, according to its writer-director, Rick Russler, he says, and I took this straight from the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray extra with an interview with him 30 years later, he says the plot, quote, centers around a prosperous slaughtering plant owner and a conniving lawyer to take over the property of this poor, defunct slaughterhouse. Think I'm playing some half-assed motherfucking game? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> does that does that even sound like he knows his own movie? Like that... has has thirty years like really has that taken away his memory of this movie? Like I feel like his his memory of this film is wavered in thirty years. That does not sound like what the movie is that is the number one problem of this movie everybody i feel like thought this movie was about something else but even so like mark help me out here prosperous no was that was this slaughterhouse prosperous no it wasn't at one point they had converted it to uh orange an orange grove which i it seems impossible but uh they had tried to convert it to orange groves before uh, the owner decided, no, 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 his hands, these are, these are butcher hands. They're not orange grove hands. I, I, there was at no point was this prosperous. In fact, 
the, the where they shot it was an old meatpacking plant that they didn't even need to dress the set. It was so unprosperous. So I I right. I just right. And then also can was the lawyer conniving? I don't. That's not my memory. This guy was trying to like help him out. He always said. Uh, of course, we're talking about the 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 patriarch here, uh, uh, Lester Bacon, I believe. Uh, um, jokes and his son Buddy uh and buddy bacon uh you know you're in good footing when you start with names like that god i wish the bacon I, I family hope everyone could hear that eye roll that I, just did. <laughs> I, hope, I hope listeners that you could hear that massive eye roll it was pretty loud it was pretty loud um you know it, what show you know what was the number one sign to me that it wasn't a prosperous slaughterhouse all the pigs were alive <laughs> shouldn't they be dead if it's that a was, prosperous that's slaughterhouse. My, that's my next point. Like there were still pigs there. Like Lots he, of them. Buddy was still going in there in the pig pen, holding his pigs. Was it because did they just not? He he. They didn't want to kill any of the pigs because Buddy loved them. I mean, if that's the case, and if you're not going to grow oranges, are there not other livestock you could bring on to this massive property and then use your slaughterhouse? I don't. Anyway. The whole point is that he is offered um, uh, money to sell the slaughterhouse. A pretty good deal, particularly by 1987 standards. He was still going to be allowed to live there, work at this new slaughterhouse. But the 30% fat is no good. And uh, therefore, they, he goes to he has his son go on a kill spree. Wait, no, but, but you're, you're missing that, one part that, here, Ryan. You are correct. But inconsequentially, before he's even given this offer, his son kills two teenagers just just for shits mm-hmm. and giggles. Yeah. Just because it yeah. was Friday night, yes. he was bored, he was hopped up on too much Pepsi and was like, gotta take these kids out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the Is opening scene... Is it too scene- early to revise what I think this movie's about? The <laughs> dangers of Pepsi? <laughs> I think I think that is exactly what Slaughterhouse, sponsored by Pepsi, is all about. Mm. Because um, a choice of that a new opening, generation, indeed. <laughs> that new that opening scene is pretty amazing because it's a typical scene of a slasher film of a bunch of kids hanging out on property that isn't theirs, mm-hmm. getting caught by uh, Deputy Dave. Ugh. Tough guy to find, usually. (laughs) He becomes much harder to find than this opening scene. Spoiler alert, he goes missing later. (laughs) But so, too, do two members of this six-member friend group. Yeah. uh, uh, As they are making this movie, and then two of them... Clearly, like, the least popular of the group, right? Because, again, again, no one investigates their whereabouts. Once they disappear, they disappear forever, and no one's worried. And they're like, ugh, finally, those two. We were ready to shake them off the group anyway. And what's interesting about this opening scene, and tell me what you guys think, but to me, it felt like there's a lot of tension in this opening scene, and it's, you know, it's basically a first kill, but it's it's built on the fact that they're saying you guys have all seen slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Slasher movies all start with you know an opening kill before we get to the credits. Mm-hmm. So then there's even like a fake out because they're at there. There's like this little pier that goes into this little like inlet lake, and she's kind of like running away from her boyfriend, crawling underneath it, and then a hand jumps down and she gets spooked, but it's just her boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. 
So we don't even know who the killer is yet. We've never seen the killer yet. It's the mm-hmm. opening scene. But we're supposed to be scared by that just because we know that something's going to happen because we're watching a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So it's only, I mean, in a way it feels to me, it felt like to me like the opening scene of a sequel, but we never saw the first film. I was more interested mm-hmm. in the opening scene, why the cop was so nervous about obviously driving with his date for some uh, car, so for some for some makeout action in his car. Like, why why was this, was he, why was right. he so trying to hide the fact that he was out there with this woman? And, you know, he's talking to one of the Me teenagers too. and it's like, they're kind of giving that, 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 that back and forth of like okay i know what you're doing you know what i'm doing let's just be cool and let this go but they never explain why that's a big deal uh outside of all of them yeah i mean all of them are trespassing (laughs) right right i wonder that too i was like dude that that was one of the first notes i wrote down i was like do they know him from like school or something which again school is a very relative term because the ages of these kids is you know, sporadic throughout the group themselves, but also sporadic in terms of where they might land in terms of high school versus college, which again, you know, it's a slasher movie. So we're, you know, we, we we're suspending that disbelief, but yeah, was he like a guy they knew from high school, but he then became a deputy or like, I didn't understand why they were like clowning on him so much. Is it just small? Is this what it's like to live in a small town that you just, Clown on the local deputy. You mean San Diego? I, I, I'm asking Erica because she grew up. She grew up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, talk about it in San Diego standards. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Erica, Erica, I'm just wondering about. Didn't you go to college in in Dayton? Yes. Yes, but she grew up in an even. Oh. There's a feeling in the air that you can't get anywhere except in Dayton. <laughs> I'd like to point out that wow. somehow Dayton's wow. archive of that song is far superior to San Diego's. <laughs> yeah. They really San Diego it. did not give a shit about preserving that yeah. song. Channel 8 did not give a rat's ass about that song, which they clearly sold to every town in the United States. <laughs> but Channel 2 loved it, apparently. <laughs> it's where sunsets go. <laughs> so, uh... So let's go to the title sequence, because I feel like this is going to be unlike a lot of, you know, movies in general, but even slashers, the title sequence of this movie deserves some conversation because Mm. unlike other, in fact, let's, let's look back into our own history. Let's say the title sequence to say certain fury, which, Mm -hmm. which was, which was just uh, names over a black screen. But this one was 
titles over scenes from an actual slaughterhouse uh, in Oregon. Uh, and yep. you just get to yep. go through the process of what yeah. it's like to slaughter a pig. Yeah, and... from start to finish. <laughs> you learn all the tricks. You see it all. You see every gory motherfucking detail. It is okay? certainly the goriest part of this movie. It sets a tone for a very different film. Right. You watch a pig get tased. Why does a pig have to get tased before he gets strung up by the legs and then sliced open? Why? Just, just I, like, give him a little sleepy pill. Let him go to sleep. I when hate to tell you too asleep, is just... that they also have in the in the in the interview with the writer director on the Blu-ray, he says that he'd actually his wife told him to cut down the sequence. That there was even more yeah, to it. Because it's too gory. And that he then shows another scene from it or more footage from it because as the pigs are dangling from their feet, they like stab it with a knife just to let it bleed out. Mm-hmm. And it's not even dead yet. Ugh. And and it gets all the <laughs> <laughs> time to drink all up. this time talk to about drink pig up. blood's making Mark thirsty. <laughs> mm, I feel better. <laughs> But then he said, then he has like, I got all this blood on the like, you know, apron or whatever he was wearing or the like, you know, outfit he was wearing. So then he had a picture of himself, like with the pig's blood on him. Jeez. And I'm like, yikes. So, so his wife was even like, cut this down. So he even cut it down from, in terms of gruesomeness and it's easily the goriest. And, and it does set up this expectation that like, oh, this is going to be fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I watched that know? opening sequence and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can watch this movie by myself. And then it started and it was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. I can watch this alone. It's just, it, it set me up for what I thought was going to be a terrifying, gory, gross, bloody movie. And then, and then Slaughterhouse happened. And then Slaughterhouse Sponsored happened. by Pepsi. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Now, I feel tripped. I gotta say that I saw that opening uh, title sequence and I thought it was the most unsettling thing I've seen since I saw Morrissey live at the Hollywood Bowl a few years ago. And I mean specifically their terrible version of Mita's murder that they played <laughs> and not the slaughterhouse footage. Thank you. My dad joke was sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> Diet Pepsi, because you're a dad. <laughs> Diet, or you could be a cop because after a hard day on the job as a sheriff, you come home. The first thing you grab out of that fridge is an ice cold Diet Pepsi. That's right. Uh, Uh, So I I just want to comment that after that we have this cold open that's ultimately just confusing. mm -hmm. Uh, Two people die. We get a the, the opening sequence with the slaughterhouse. By the time that finishes and we begin the movie or the story of the movie. We are 12 minutes deep into an hour and 25 minute movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you would think like the rest of it's going to breeze by and you would be so fucking wrong. Nope. The next Welcome hour. To setup. And Welcome tw- to a lot of setup. <laughs> For the next hour and 10 minutes, you are going to be confused and bored. And you would think that you are watching the original cut of Doom. I want to goes on tase on. myself, string myself up by my feet and bleed out rather than watching this movie. I think they would be pretty, the filmmakers would be pretty pleased to have Slaughterhouse compared to Dune. Mm. <laughs> I don't think that's ever like been Dune. done. You're I feel like Dune moved faster. <laughs> it, 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 it's, I have to say, I felt like 
Dune made more sense. Well, at least Dune's setup and opening makes more sense for Dune. So, so I Dune, dare Dune, anyone. Dune, 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 Dune. <laughs> I dare anyone that watches this movie to try, try and remember the names and relationships of the, and I'm using finger air quotes, teenagers <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, good luck. They are, it is impossible. And about halfway through the movie, you're like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't know who they I don't are. Know, one of those 30 I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I forgot that the sheriff and the lead woman, the lead character, whose name is Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. Liz Borden. Mm-hmm. Liz Borden. Mm-hmm. But named after Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Either way. I forgot that they were related yeah. until the very uh-huh. end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, get, I, I remember that now. Of course, this movie, from... again, it's important to go back and remember that this movie was shot entirely in San Diego and specifically the neighborhood of Lakeside, California. You know, Lakeside was founded in 1886 when 6,600 acres of land surrounding... Oh the naturally occurring Lindo Lake were purchased by the El Cajon Valley Land Company, who immediately began to promote the new land as a town and build an 80-room Victorian-style inn, the Lakeside Hotel. And three years later, in 1889, Lakeside uh, became connected to the railroad system. Small businesses began to spring up, firmly establishing Lakeside as a bustling community of Eastern San Diego County. And that's where this was. This film was entirely filmed. In 2021, the running the numbers segment will be hosted by Ryan. (laughs) I didn't realize. Did you run the numbers on Lakeside? (laughs) No. Okay, Okay, good. But I don't need to. Okay, good. So um, good for you. That information about Lakeside, of course, was sponsored by Pepsi. But oh, God, uh, I didn't know that Ryan could have just handled this whole episode himself. I should have tapped out. How many minutes are we in? However many minutes we're in ago. Uh, and we do have teenagers here, I guess. Teenagers. Here's the thing, though. We have an opening scene of this movie set in Lakeside where we lose a couple members of this friend group. We meet Buddy, who kills the two. Then we have the slaughtering scene. Then we have a long amount of information about the dad, mm-hmm. Lester Bacon. And we learn all about him and his failing slaughterhouse. And it made me think, who is the main character? And Mark was just touching on this. Who exactly is the main character in this movie? Do Or main characters? Do we have? Who is it? The deputy. I, uh, buddy. <laughs> He's at the center of all buddy. of this. Do you think it's Buddy? I mean... It's weird. I don't know who the main character. I didn't know who the main character was. I was like, who, who do we care? Well, not only do we not know who the main character is, but this group of friends, they lose two of their friends, completely go missing. Yep. They never bother to look yeah. for them. They don't even, they, nope. they're just like, oh, I guess they're not coming to the dance tonight. Oh, well, let's continue making our movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> who now, cares? Thank we got you for, our masks. Thank so. you for bringing up the movie. They, they uh, talk about them when they go to the restaurant in the morning to have burgers and fries they talk about them and say oh at 9 a.m ryan yes at nine, <laughs> that is insane wait, you're gonna have burgers and fries at 9 a.m that's never done <laughs> you are insane. a fucking psychopath <laughs> <laughs> i don't 
don't know, guys. After a night of romping around on the dock, I'm ready for some burgers. <laughs> they did have a wild night mm-hmm. shooting Liz's horror film. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you talk about that because once we get into the main characters, they run off. They have this movie is filled with montages, which is what's terrific about it. And one of the montages of them just goofing off at the at the, the Rexall drug <laughs> drugstore and yep. getting getting masks and then running off to the slaughterhouse where they then shoot once again trespassing Tres- once yes. again trespassing. Yes. But yeah. in the name of making art, Mark, what is trespass? What is what are laws? When you're making when you're making art, I mean, but I have to say something and I don't want to get critical here, but I have to admit, I, I don't think Liz's horror film is going to be fucking good. Any good at all. I don't think, I mean, it it is. Was it a horror film? I thought it was a dance. I thought it was a music. Yeah. Video. I mean, it feels like it might be, but she does. They do say horror film at some point. And all she cares about is she says, just, I just need a good location to create a story. So she's got no story. She's going in with nothing. And we know from watching movies that when you have a script, maybe like movies, they already have like a, a release date and they have to go into production. They only have an outline, no script, and they're just making it up on the fly. I mean... It maybe all- like movies that are shot in Lakeside, San Diego. Maybe. <laughs> so the story it's of maybe. this movie, which is a movie that it doesn't, a horror movie that doesn't really have a story, involves a second horror movie being shot that mm-hmm. doesn't really have a story. Mm-hmm. Take that, Dawson's Creek. Mm. <laughs> it's actually- Put that in your pipe and smoke it, Wes Craven. <laughs> Beat you to the punch on that one, Dawson. So the other movie that they're shooting is considerably worse yeah and also sponsored by rc cola (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm just nervous she has their movie could they find the deputy she has like her boyfriend on the (laughs) i think the deputy's still missing in that movie he's always missing yikes um she has her boyfriend on the conveyor belt swinging uh like a knife and like me i guess a homeless man mask i'm not sure what that mask was for and then they're just Ugh. they're just like running around in a wheelbarrow with like a laser gun. I'm like, this is just super unfocused. I'm sorry, Liz. That's Lakeside Horror. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> I guess so. That's what people like. The Lakeside. lighting was terrible. Yeah, not good. Like, where's uh, no one's doing sound? It's I, it's it's really embarrassing. Also, they're in there shooting a, a horror movie or a music video or whatever the hell they're doing, and it just conveniently, Buddy decides not to kill any of them. Then just. Like he wasn't in the mood at that time. Maybe he was napping off the evening. Yeah, killing their two friends. They drive off, and he and they and they show as they drive off. They show the slaughterhouse, and he's up in the window. Mm -hmm. You know, shades of uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Five when Jason was just like, "Hey, hey, you down there? Hi guys, I'm up here. Hey, wait there. I'll come down. Let's chat." And it almost fe- you guys are leaving already. Yeah, you felt, you felt like <laughs> I, I do. Oh, I had to. I had this thing I had to do. No, my dad was making me weed out back. I'm just. Oh, oh he always has the chores for me to do when I want to just go hang out with friends. I'm arguably the same age as you all. <laughs> Plus or minus a couple years. Hey, it's fine. We're all youngish. I like to think that he's like, 
running around my property on, in the dark, death. But shooting a horror movie dance video around my respect, property. Respect, respect, exactly. Respect. With, with art, there is no law. Yeah. We don't need to, we're not Buddy breaking the it. law. He Buddy it. gets it. He totally gets it. But the kill count will continue in this movie. And we got to talk about the deputy. What exactly was the deputy doing when he went to the slaughterhouse? That's anybody's guess. Does anyone mm, recall? I yeah. don't remember. Uh, but he goes mm. trying to bust kids making out. I don't. Know. I don't know. Was he looking for the two kids that also disappeared? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe. he's the only one interested in that right. story. He's because mm-hmm. the friends were not. Yeah. They actually say like they in the restaurant. They're saying, "Oh, they probably started partying." You know them, but once they get to the the party, the K Fat Pig party. They're not there brought either. To it brought to you by Pepsi. It brought to you by a bunch of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so much Pepsi. I, I Pepsi think, is I le- it's, it's... legitimately a sponsor of this movie. Just so you guys know, they said that in the director's commentary think... that they, that was the only person that gave they gave them a ton of Pepsi. There's Pepsi all over this movie, but um, but maybe actually in my mind, not enough Pepsi. Yeah. They should have know. way more Pepsi in this movie. It should have been everywhere. <laughs> it should have been in every scene. Every scene. They said they sent so much Pepsi to them. They should have had a Pepsi all the time, even when it wasn't necessary. Yeah. The lady at the, the police station, she should have been cracking a Pepsi open while she's talking to the deputy over the radio. Mm-hmm. Ugh, lost opportunity. I just have to ask. I just find it to, to be surprising that the deputy, uh, you know, went through all of his training uh, to become a police officer uh and and hid the fact that he had a birth defect where his carotid artery was in his wrist <laughs> and i mean had had they have known that i mean you that's a that's an accident way yeah. that, that's a that's probably the briefest crunching of numbers that you've ever done that was gorgeous <laughs> loved it because that, that was that was if i may jump ahead spoiler alert my favorite scene oh yeah <laughs> He, uh, the deputy. I mean, I've never had my hand chopped off, but I'm pretty sure I could probably still keep it together enough to try to do something about it, and not just lay down and die. One of the best parts about there are, there are there are actually Erica many many people that could prove to you that that will work that you can get lose a hand. My my mother in law is missing half of her leg from a motorcycle accident. She didn't lay down on the side of the road and go, "Well, that's, that's it. it." But I figure. He had his carotid artery was in his wrist, and you know uh, uh, he just bled yeah, out as as you would if if that if you had that. That's what that. happens because in in the director's commentary when he's laying down there and the blood is squirting out of his wrist, which by the way you can see on the uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray because that is apparently the unrated version. Because the MPAA wanted them to cut that sequence to get an R. Oh, that sequence. That, well, they wanted to cut the scene of him laying on the floor with blood squirting out of his wrist. They wanted that uh-huh. cut. So otherwise, they were going to give it an X. But even the... Pro- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. Can you imagine again, Slaughterhouse skip- sponsored by Pepsi gets an X? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and they're skipping over entirely the title sequence. The title sequence did not bother them. Open. Um, and then the producer in the director's commentary looks at the scene and goes, so he just dies from that? <laughs> <laughs> and the writer director goes, yeah, well, he bleeds out. <laughs> Jeez. Exactly to Mark's point. Like, everyone's going, is that it? 
Is he dead? That's it. Is he dead from that? Oh. Normally, when you watch a director's commentary, you watch it to hear all the backstory of, you know, how did they shoot this scene? How did they find this this location? What was going on with the set, the lighting, the actors, anything, anything along those sorts. The director's commentary for this movie is really just a conversation with a couple old pallies <laughs> talking about basically how little they had to work on this movie. Right. Even right. though they made it. Because everything is like, oh, there's that van. We didn't do a thing to it. It was just sitting right <laughs> yeah. there. So we just used it. Yeah. That is, that is I'd arguably 67.5% of the director's commentary is we didn't have to dress this scene. It was just, that's just the way it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a person that has made uh, some, some, um, uh, web series in the past uh go watch eft uh sponsored by diet dr pete on uh, <laughs> amazon prime um Ooh. i can understand getting super excited by free uh production value but it is a it is the thrust if you will of the director's commentary for them to be so excited by what w- what they just got just by hanging out in lakeside california which they picked specifically because it is a small town in san diego uh, and it is sort of the more smallish town hick part of San Diego mm. where they have a rodeo and, you know, that's. But I think the actual slaughterhouse was in like Chula Vista, closer to the border. No, I, I think that correctly. is. Yes. OK, you may be right, because that also is where they found that little dock there where they call the slough. So it's near like Tijuana. But all the town stuff is lakeside. But the actual, there's actually two different parts. There's like three different locations they use to shoot the interior of the slaughterhouse. So they have the slaughterhouse where they have like the, uh, so like some of the scenes like, like where they're, where they're sort of like bending over and walking through that part. Like that's a different, that's a different factory that they were shooting in. So they shot like three different places to kind of make it all in one slaughterhouse. So movie magic you would never guess you'd never know that is true movie magic (laughs) i i would notice that just about as i as much as i noticed the relationships between the teenagers (laughs) i don't know who's dating who i don't know that i didn't even know they were making a horror movie (laughs) i had no idea i really didn't that's what this movie is it's just a constant surprise oh isn't it so let's so then uh the the deputy's girlfriend uh sally jean goes looking for sally jean goes looking for for him and and she ends up running into buddy she has a car and i'm glad you noticed that Mark. (laughs) observant well i need to ask you uh if you if if you pulled up in a car a fully functioning car and you see the dead body and the uh, and the person who uh was responsible for killing that other body is coming after you and you ran to your car, would you A, start the car and drive away, B, honk the horn and hope someone hears you, or C, just roll up the windows and then cower in the front seat, hoping that you don't get killed? I would well, probably, I can tell you um, what happened. I would probably D, bleed out from my severed <laughs> hand. <laughs> and just give up, lay down, and die. Because <clears throat> I would, I, I would say, I would say E... I would sit back and drink my can of Pepsi and await <laughs> the sweet, sweet release of death. 
<laughs> they didn't even bother with this movie to try like the the keys, trying to get the keys into the ignition. <laughs> no, and, no. And, like like this was this made a similar sequence. Oh yeah, in Zombie Five, Killing Birds, <laughs> feel like the tensest car moment of all time because yes. she yes. does nothing yes. to protect herself and ultimately just crawls out of the car. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. crawls out of the car. A perfectly functioning car uh, yeah. that she was just driving. Uh, Maybe the car was paralyzed with fear. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, We're going to learn a lot more about some of these deaths in this movie because we're about to go into a segment that we call Things We Loved and Things We Hated. Uh, we are going to go around and talk about the things we loved and things we hated. Mark, let's start with you. Uh, you know, I, honestly, the thing that I loved was Jan. She's she is hardworking. I'm a little worried about her because she's always at the police station. Always, she has no other she's, life. It's her life. She's not, or does she? And she's just not allowed to leave because she never goes anywhere else. She's working with antiquated uh, CB equipment. Yes. Yeah. Um, she's she a day and night. She's there. But she's diligent. <laughs> um, I, I, but I, you know, I found her to be really the lifeblood of the entire movie. She was the one pushing the plot along. She's the only one that cared about the deputy. <laughs> only one. The only one. She, she's played by. Uh, and she's I say also the only one. She's also also the only one that lives. Yeah. So <laughs> she does. Yeah. That's played by Jeanette Saylor, and in the commentary they say that she was a comedian. And you can tell that she was comedian by the lack of anything funny to say that they gave her. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they didn't give her a single funny line, not even halfway of a joke. Uh, even when there's a moment when the sheriff is just going into the bathroom because his stomach's upset, she has no quip. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, look, Jan has an opportunity <laughs> to take opportunity. on some of the, some of the, some of the lines from another non-New World movie that we love called The Night oh, Brings yes. Charlie. Oh, I'm thinking where the exact equivalent, the, the 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 police CB dispatch person has always got some snarky Heavy comment with to make. Quips. Jan, but Jan, not at all. She's dead serious about her job. <laughs> she is serious about that job. <laughs> She's also not allowed to leave. She may, she may she be shackled there. to she, that they desk. She may live there. No. She pulls down a filing cabinet. Think... It's her bed. <laughs> she just murphied that filing cabinet. She's dedicated to her work. Sponsored by Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Erica. Things that you loved. Uh, so many things. <laughs> She's not I, thinking about this in the moment. I think one thing that I really loved was um, at one point when we were watching it and, and they go into the bar when the sheriff is, is looking for looking around for their the deputy. deputy and yeah. he goes into the bar and he's like, hey, have you seen my deputy? I haven't seen him. I don't know. Ask this guy. Hey, have you seen the deputy? No, I haven't seen him. And I was like, <laughs> he couldn't just hear you ask the bartender. The bartender then has to ask this guy just to make sure. Oh, what? I didn't realize you were here. But I said to Ryan, um, 
I forget exactly how I said it, but I said something along the lines to you of like, wow, this has a really uh, local feel. <laughs> As in, they walked into a bar and was like, hey, anybody want to be in a scene in a movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're all hired. <laughs> yeah. like, like just... You get a line and you get a line. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I feel like with you, when you go into that scene in particular, having that mentality and then having the sheriff address the bartender and then the bartender go, I don't know, let me ask this guy. It felt very much like... Okay, and at the actor, the sheriff, is going to speak to you, townsperson. You'll be playing the bar, who's actually the real bartender of that here, bar patron. Then bartender's going to talk to you. Like, it felt very... Um, I think the bartender was literally, literally one of the investors. Yeah. And then he the other guy... Yeah. A role. There's a lot of, like, crew people and Ugh. other people involved in, like, helping raise money for the movie that were, like, given these small town yeah. roles. I loved that. And they still had so much hope. Yeah. They had so much hope <laughs> so at that much time hope. in their lives. Oh, so much hope. Oh, they thought we're gonna we're making a movie. We're That's right. This is it. This they is would just break. high five Jan and be like, Boy, this thing's gonna be a just a piece <laughs> of work, isn't it? And she's like, All I know is that I have the best part in the whole film. <laughs> I also if I may add a second part that I loved. Shit, please. Which was so ridiculous. When after poor deputy has bled out from his hand, then Buddy puts on his shirt, yes, <laughs> squeezes into yes. his shirt, uh-huh. and then takes his car for a drive. Like yep. what? Yep. Why? Well, why? Th- that blends perfectly just... into one of the things I love because this movie has several montages. <laughs> and Mark, I sent you a couple of these files. This movie has a lot of montages and. The thing about them is that they bring in a lot of songs from for the movie created by a band, I believe, probably put together purely to record a bunch of songs for this movie called Vantage Point. And they created a bunch of songs. And there's a montage where they get the masks. Mm. There's a montage when they're shooting Liz's, you know, fucking piece of shit horror film. I'm just going to say it out loud. I'm sorry, Liz. And there's a there's I mean, you also you haven't seen the final cut. You haven't seen the Snyder cut. It could be really. Good. It's true. There's another song. Now this is in Vantage Point that does the song for when he uh, drives around in the cop car. But there's a lot of montages in this. So let's let's listen to one of those songs real quick. I just want to listen to just give a taste of Vantage Point's contribution of about eight tracks to the soundtrack. How much shit, how much shit does, do they get from their friends every, every time that someone puts a song on, <laughs> like, think about it. You write that song. You're, you're thinking, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a professional musician, but let's, let's, let's take a look though. This was, that was a, <clears throat> like a fairly Devo-esque kind of track. Let's listen to the other track real quick, just to show the variety the of range. the 80s that the, the vantage points, uh, vantage point hits in this film. Somebody come play with me 
Why yeah. does the sun set so low, guys? Why? I mean, that's some very Duran Duran uh, vibes there. I mean, Vantage Point, I just realized that's also the song they play on the menu screen when you uh, are oh, yeah. are watching the uh, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. And it just made me think, the music in this, there's some good music in this. Like, this would be a decent soundtrack. They never released it. Um, Pepsi wouldn't allow it. Things I hated. <laughs> that's right. Pepsi would not release the soundtrack. They were like, nobody But that's one of the things Pepsi. I love was the music here. Um a couple other things real quick that I loved. Uh, love the 91X sticker on the back of the Jeep. <laughs> Shouts out to 91X, the alternative station in San Diego. Uh, the movie's, you know, trying to be health conscious. I mean, we're talking about 30% fat here. Uh, we're warning against eating French fries for breakfast. Though, things I hated, they just covered those fries in ketchup. Just, just oh, completely. So yeah, it's breakfast time. I mean, so it's just, syrup. They coated the entire. <laughs> yeah, you have maple syrup on yeah, the table. It's breakfast. Don't be insane. Make them breakfast fries for Christ's <laughs> sakes, you animals. Um, <laughs> then uh, during the makeout scene at the lake, okay, with Liz and her boyfriend, they sort of come up and they're talking and they walk up to this tree and then she leans up against the tree and then they make out, and. Once they're actually fully kissing, you see a shot of the two of them mm-hmm. making out. She has she has put the Frisbee. She's yes. just put it completely yes. over where his, yeah. his jean boner might be. She's hiding his boner. <laughs> just perfectly placed yeah. to cover up any potential jean boner. And I... I loved... I also imagined that behind that Frisbee was a raging boner. <laughs> <laughs> and then after several takes it just got worse and worse and they were like just hold the frisbee just hold up. the frisbee up. and i can't i was like please say something in the director's commentary they said nothing Damn. i was like man i know we know he's got a boner she's hiding jan? a boner jan, had, oh she would have she would have spilled the, the tea commentary. she would have spilled the tea on that Damn moment it. for sure she would have told it all she would have spilled it all uh, <sighs> the, the sheriff would have come by and been like, Jan, why are you away from your desk? Get back to the oh, office. She would have had recorded from her desk. <laughs> she would have called over. She yeah. would have called over on that terrible CB radio. All right. They, also, I like. I want to. I want to clarify by making out. They're kissing against a tree. <laughs> yes. There's. Yes. Yeah. There's zero titty count in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, don't get excited. Get that is the hottest. That's the hottest moment we get. Yeah. You get boy nips. That's yeah, about it. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else we loved? Nope. Okay. Let's go into <laughs> things we hated, Mark. Everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. I, I mean, I, I know that's an easy answer, and I hate to do that because, I mean, uh, of course, we know a lot of the movies that we watch for this podcast are not going to be great, and we still tr- enjoy them and try to find things that are funny about them or interesting. I, this movie was it, it was just really tough. I, I it's I understand it's trying to be a comedy but it's not funny Mm -hmm. it's also trying to be a slasher and it's not it's not a good slasher i mean at one point buddy is hanging from like a sort of a drop ceiling oh yes yes above an open room with weaving his hatchet and the guy below him is is like paralyzed and can't like uh, you he doesn't move because he's gonna get killed by buddy Buddy's laying down on his stomach. He has one angle. All you have to do is take three steps backwards yep. <clears> and scoot <throat> off to the right or left, and you're free and clear. But he doesn't because the setups are just so badly done mm-hmm. that I'm yeah. like, 
you, you, you didn't even really try to set this thing up to be at, at even remotely dead. You, you, yeah. you set up set it up perfectly for my favorite scene because that is my favorite scene in the whole film. Mm. Uh, when Buddy is laying there inside, that's it when they're inside the meat uh-huh. locker. Yeah. And Buddy's like in the rafter, mm-hmm. just swinging his cleaver mm-hmm. uh, to, to don't, don't get excited. And he just stands there as if, as if he he has also stepped into quick dry concrete. Yeah. (laughs) Step away, Bolo. And he's like, I I can't move. Paralyzed with fear. You literally could lean out of the way Mm -hmm. and you would be fine. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, not to jump to that. Uh, Erica, things you, things you hated. Um, similar to Mark, but also I really hated the ending. Okay. I hated it so much. And yeah. audibly when it ended went, ah, uh, yeah, I was so mad about it. I'm like, just wrap it up. Yeah. You know? it, it is left open ended. Uh, it's definitely an ending that says like, see you at the sequel, yeah. which I mean, they just were assuming making a slasher that they would make another sequel and, and, and have written a sequel that they have just never made. Yeah. But, but hated um, the ending. I yeah. also, but, but, I also hated that buddy just winked. That oh, yes. that annoyed oh, me yeah. from yep. minute one. <clears throat> yep. it, it took away everything scary about him, everything creepy. It made it so ridiculous. But he never says so a word. Irritating. He just oinks, and he never oinked on the set. That was all done later. They Ugh. had, and they had a, 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 a an oink track or whatever. Ugh. And I'm like, why didn't he just not choice. speak? Yeah, it, it would have been, been so much creepier <clears throat> to just have him be quiet. Mm-hmm. And then, to your also, point, it would have set up more suspense for those scenes when he's in the rafter and he's just dangling, you know, the cleaver down. It would be because he's so quiet all the time, you didn't know he was there. Right. But right, because he's up there right, like, right, right. you're like, right. oh, shoot. Oh, there he is. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, hey. I didn't think a pig <laughs> fucking wandered up there, you know, <laughs> right. like, it's just, I found it so irritating yeah. and I didn't think it was funny or like, you know, charming or scary or like, yeah, I just hated it. Yeah, to uh, my only uh, contribution from what you guys have said, because I definitely hated this Norths too. But I want to go back to the Sally Jean murder where she was in her car. Mm-hmm. Because when she hops out of the car eventually, and for no good reason. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Drive away. She, she, well, yes, of course. What are you but, just like, this but, is a foot race of now. Of course not. But, but barring <laughs> that, but barring that. <laughs> Which she probably would have won. It looks like Buddy weighs about 300 bills. So, like, you, you know. But anyway, she gets into actually a really cool area, which actually they said was like a, um, it was a, a string bean hopper. So it was something to like, that you'd spin around, but it's at that big circular thing with it had like little slits oh, in it. And he's right. like putting the yeah, knife yeah, in yeah. it. Yeah. And it actually looked really cool. And I, what really, what I hated about it, it was like, it, it had, it leads to easily the best edit of the movie. When buddy, like, you know, she comes out of it and buddy hacks and then they hack into a, a tomato back in the kitchen mm-hmm. of Liz and her, and the Borden family kitchen. Uh, um, when dad's dad comes in to drink another Pepsi. So thirsty. Diet Pepsi. Just came Diet back Pepsi. in to get a Pepsi. He's getting a Peps. <laughs> did, did he bring one for Jan? Oh, hell no. No, no he did not. He just Jan came, can get he her drank, own Pepsi. She's gave, on the clock. You get your own Pepsi, Jan. But, um, but you know, 
but like I just thought that was a cool location. You really could have taken advantage of it. I thought it was really neat that she was in there. She's in there, then she's out, she's dead. It it like took two yeah. seconds, and I was like, that 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 was like a lost opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, favorite scene. So we'll go into favorite scenes. I've already mentioned mine, though I will say that <laughs> The, this was probably my favorite, as I was saying, um, the death in the uh, meat locker was my favorite of a movie that has so many potentially escapable deaths. This was definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this, I, I think I can't I'm trying to think back. I think almost all of them felt somewhat felt pretty escapable to some yeah. degree. The only characters that were in any real danger were those pigs. <laughs> According to the opening sequence. According to the opening sequence, but he loved those pigs. He was in the pig with them. Uh, Mark, what Mark, Mark, what was what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene is the actual dance party. Yes, scene. yes. Uh, for a couple <clears throat> reasons, uh, it's another montage. Oh yeah, and I'm assuming Vantage Point is doing the music. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the band or they're at least doing the soundtrack. There's a lot of Pepsi and a lot of popcorn being eaten. A lot of popcorn. As you, that's, that's like, there's a lot. I mean, that's that's just a lot of people are going to end up needing some uh, some polyps to be removed after that party. Popcorn, hot um, dogs, and Pepsi. They're like, come to our PP party. <laughs> Excuse me? No, dude, popcorn and Pepsi. <laughs> just a, yeah. This is a real adult party. Yeah. Come, We're adults, bro. Don't put your mind in the gutter. Come to the VF, VFW. We got popcorn. We got hot dogs. We got Pepsi. We, we got, got a band. Point. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to rock until, the, until they turn off the power. We're going to rock until so 9 a.m. And then we're going to go get some burgers and fries. <laughs> no, they actually only rock until about 730 in the evening. <laughs> And they dance to one song, the power goes out, and people lose their yeah, shit. Like angry, the building's on fire. The, like the, the ADR that they did for the screaming was like the screaming when the Poseidon adventure flipped <laughs> over. I'm like, what is happening? And the guy's like, sorry, it's just the power. Sometimes it goes out. And I was like, these people lost their mind. Theory, uh, I so think then, all, them so throwing then, all that hay around. The guy, there's always a guy that has to like stay the night to lock up. And that guy probably had like a massive hay fever from them just tossing hay around willy nilly. Yeah. And was like, fuck this. And went over to the power and just shut it down. It's like, I'm sneezing. My eyes are watering. Like, go to hell. I'm closing this place down. I'm done with you guys. So out vantage point. So just just like Sally and whatever her name was. <laughs> Jan needs some sleep. You guys got to go home. I gotta. I'm closing this down and heading to the police station where Jan and I will just sleep in our Murphy file cabinet. We're Don't both judge exhausted. us. Jan is following her dreams. That woman works twenty hours a day so, to put burgers on the table right, so, for us for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> Sponsored by Pepsi. Uh, Good night, everybody. <laughs> oh shit! So, like Sally being in the car or whatever her name was, it's another like they have they they keep all day. They've been talking about going to this party. They get in three quarters of a dance and they all leave. Um, and I just anyway, I thought that whole scene was 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 pretty hilarious. It is. It's a. It um, is good stuff. 
And that, you know, that's going to lead me to a brand new segment here we have called Final Questions. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh boy. Oh, I've got some I'm final questions to you guys oh. about this movie. Oh. oh. Oh, boy. What happened? What do you got? What do, what do you guys think happened to the younger Bacon brother? Kevin? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Welcome your headliner, Jan. I was just your warm-up comedian. Drink your your Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The youngest, there was a brother that's mentioned that came after Buddy. But they say, what happened to him? This is like the lawyer and the guy who wants to buy the slaughterhouse. They're like, what happened to him? They're like, I don't know. The mom died in childbirth. And then they were like, well, if he's as ugly as Buddy, he probably got eaten by the hogs. But they never talk about the other brother. What happened? What happened to the younger bacon buddy's younger brother? Let's say it. Let's say it that way. Um, you know, he was just cut from a different cloth and he didn't want the slaughterhouse <laughs> life. So, you know, I think he's away at school. He's, you know, studying to become abroad. A, yeah, studying abroad. <laughs> he's just trying to expand his horizons and just learn everything he can. He's actually gorgeous, like drop dead handsome, like just chiseled from whatever. <laughs> gorgeous, gorgeous man. Um, you know, just out there living his best life. Yeah, that's a good call. Mark, what do you think happened to him? He's actually the DJ at the KFAT radio station that like <laughs> for being in San Diego. They talk about the weather a lot. <laughs> a, lot. I mean, a lot. I'm just saying, like, I grew up in San Diego. It doesn't change that much, but the weather report is always on. And I think that, you know, he, he, he to Erica's point, he went down a different road, but he stayed local. He still stayed <laughs> local to his community. Okay. You know, to, to going back to our uh, upbringing in San Diego, I will say, though, when you do have a storm coming, as they only mention 50 times, <laughs> they mentioned that storm coming almost as much as they drink Pepsis in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so when you do have a storm coming, you're going to talk about it a whole lot in San Diego because that's a real, that's a, that's really offset the norm of like 80 degrees. Um, and that <laughs> storm doesn't show up until honestly, the last five minutes of the movie. <laughs> it's yes, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It only, yeah, it shows up yeah, perfectly timed for the end of the film. Yeah. Um, but the very end, not like the 20 minutes leading up to the end. It is just at the very end. Right. Yeah. Like, the final oh, scene. Oh, now it's raining. Oh, the windshield's wet. Yes. Now, guys, I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Huh. I, I, maybe I should turn on the windshield. You know what? I'm just going to get out of the car and run. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you guys don't remember a lot of the character names, but. With character oh. names of Buzz and Skip and Deputy Dave, Deputy Dave, was this movie originally set in the 1950s? <laughs> I hope so. Mm-hmm. Mark, I think that I think those names are timeless. <laughs> so I, I think that that's what they I think. Don't think San Diego na- common San Diego <laughs> right, names are. Right. Hey, Skip. Skip yeah. was was Liz's boyfriend's name. Just to let you know. Um, Writer director Rick. I think if you if you're watching Channel Eight during the time that this came out, there was a segment oh, called uh, Skip and yes. Biffy oh, that yes. uh, that was on the show. local channel. Yeah, yeah, wow. <clears throat> exactly. So 
Uh, I think Skippy or Skip was a name that we were into. Also, Skip was a character in Family yep, Ties. His best so friend. Yeah. I, I think okay. at that time, okay. it, yeah, that, was, right. that, was, that was totally acceptable. And Buzz was a name from Home Alone, the older brother. Okay. Indeed. All right. Well, <clears throat> okay. Writer-director Rick Rustler says, says in a Blu-ray, uh, the Blu-ray interview that Slaughterhouse is a different kind of slasher. Mm. And that ain't that the truth? Because, and here's why he think it, thinks it's uh, different, a different kind, because it has a plot, <laughs> and it's a commentary about an insidious, civilized problems of society, namely taxes. Did he nail this commentary and plot? Yes or no? Oh, wow. I think I have to say, um, without a doubt, no. (laughs) No, he did not. Yeah, does it have a plot? (laughs) No. Um, Does it have commentary? No. (laughs) I don't... Do do they even bring up taxes? He he talks about it when they try to propose to him buying away his listless business that is going absolutely nowhere. Uh, and doing nothing. Well, I didn't know. That, I didn't think that. I didn't think that was taxes. I think that. Uh, I thought that he owed them money, he owed, or they he had owed some money. kind of invent, investment stake. In no, it. they they were trying to buy it from him because the county assessor was going to close down. Which is what when he says, "No, I'm not going to sell." That's when the sheriff says, "Well, then you have 30 days to leave the premises," because he owes back taxes on the property, and if he won't, if he can't pay it, so he's being given so, like a bailout, and he, so, he does. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the worst fucking investment of yes, all time. Yes. So you're going to come in and think you're going to swoop in and get this guy for nothing, thus taking on his financial burden, right? Which could be an insurmountable amount of money. Why not wait for the county assessor to just take the thing over and just and, sell it and for sell it nothing? Because they're just auction. trying to like, exactly and just buy it on auction. Why are you even bothering? There's not a single good business person, with the exception of Jan. God love her. Jan would have never done this. Jan would have been like, that's a stupid, stupid investment. This is why I live in the police station, Mm -hmm. because I know how to spend my money wisely. Okay, last of the final questions. What happens to Liz's film? Mm. Mark? Um, I, you know... (laughs) I I think that it ends up uh, becoming part of the behind the scenes extras of a very extensive blu-ray release of this movie so it does behind the scenes if you (laughs) there you go and if you watch the behind the scenes you will see a lot of the footage that she was actually shooting when they were doing that doing the scenes where she was filming her horror. that's true that's true erica i mean i think it it you know without question becomes the launching point of vantage points career (laughs) and it's just the catalyst for their success and they are where they are today because of her film i think it's also probably one of those things that um you know that her her film is one that people are like hey man at the stroke of midnight you light a joint and you push play on liz's film and then like you you push play on vantage points first album and like it all lines up, man. That is really that's a great answer <laughs> to 
especially for a director like Liz, who has no vision. Mm -hmm. She has nothing to say Mm -hmm. and no vision. You know who should have fucking directed that horror film? Jan. We all know it. Liz was never supposed to direct that movie. She's not a director. She cannot fucking direct Mm -hmm. a movie. And we all know that movie is a piece of shit. So I'm hoping for that scenario that somebody will yeah. put that vantage point record on. And I think play it's like movie. a dark side of the rainbow situation where it's like dark side of the vantage point. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the research corner real quick. I just want to go through some of the actors just so we kind of talk about some of the actors. They were cast in LA. So San Diego thespians, <gasps> fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> looks looks like you're stuck at Starlight Bowl for another season. Don't bother sending in your resume. We're not even looking at it. Hey, they're making a movie and shot entirely in San Diego, and there's look look, look nope no parts. Um, all right, done. Most of these actors in this movie, so this will be quick because most of them are one and done after this movie. Our lead Sherry, I guess our lead Sherry Bendorf Lee. Um, she was Sherry Bendorf at the time of this uh, film. She played failed filmmaker Liz. Failed. <laughs> um, she made a career mostly being a stunt woman, but she also appeared notably in 1987's Demon Wind, which was also released by Vinegar Syndrome. So Demon, I'm sorry, Demon Wind. Demon Wind. Yikes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yikes. But mainly, she's made a career of being a stunt woman. Uh, Jane Higginson, she plays her best friend, Annie. She's had quite the career. She starred in a couple of soap operas, but also was in Silent Night, Deadly oh. Night 5, which you may uh, rec- with Mickey With Mickey Rooney, with <laughs> wow. our guy. God, that's just jumped Woo. up the queue in terms of must-watches. <laughs> um, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, I believe it's called the, the Deadly Night 5, Toymaker, I believe that is oh. the full title. Um, Joel Hoffman, he plays the early ill-fated Kevin, who dies in the first scene. Um, that was his name, Kevin. Kevin? I get wow. Kevin and his girlfriend, oh. whose name was Michelle. For anyone yeah. taking notice, could have fooled me. Kevin, yeah. who can who... really, re- really stealing names from Home Alone? There, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's just watching. He watched a night of TV and named all his characters. Um, who also Kevin uh, proves that if you get slapped in the face by a cleaver, you die. Hmm. Um, <laughs> he <laughs> he got a real soft palate, real soft. <laughs> his face just exploded in blood. Well, his what carotid arteries probably in his face. <laughs> his cor- corazon artery. What is it, Mark? <laughs> Well, he also appeared in Pumpkinhead and Slumber Party Massacre 2. Joe B. Barton, he played Buddy. He also appeared in 1987's Blood Diner, but he pretty much falls falls out of movies, basically, and TV after that. Don Barrett, he played Bacon Sr., he didn't do much after, but an amazing thing I found from uh, reading an interview with Rick Russler, he said that he was playing the king in a, in a medieval times in the Los Angeles area. And I would like to think that he is still playing the king somewhere in the Los Angeles area and at medieval times. And when we are allowed to go back to medieval times, which is what everyone calls, you know, 
getting the vaccine and being able to go back outside again. <laughs> That's our code for it. Going back to medieval times. Going back outside to go inside and eat turkey legs with our hands. All together. It's what we've been waiting for. That's what we want. That is life going back to normal. Uh, I would like to. We're looking at you, Buena Park. <laughs> Come on, I, get it together, BP. I, we got to go to some medieval times and try and see if we can find uh, Don Barrett <clears throat> still playing the king. Um, Jeff Wright, who played our poor Deputy Dave, uh, he had small roles in all three Naked Gun movies, hmm. and then later was a co-writer of Basketball. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The other part of my research corner, let's talk about K-Fat. Can I get a suey? Suey. Suey! K-Fat. <laughs> now, K-Fat, I wondered if that's a real station, and it is in Anchorage, Alaska, but it, <laughs> it is currently a station there, but it also was a station that existed uh, in Gilroy, California for eight years from 1975 to 1983, this this logo of kfat uh the is a sticker that's actually can see is seen on the windshield of skip's jeep so Which you want to skip skip is liz's boyfriend oh okay frisbee got it I'm <laughs> frisbee back. yep so you can see on his front windshield frisbee he has <laughs> frisbee frisbee boner yeah. now gilroy is nowhere near lakeside so i don't understand exactly how kfat played into I don't know. I guess maybe the guys that made this movie, maybe at some point lived in Northern California. But anyway, maybe they like garlic. Also, Isn't that the garlic G- Gilroy, Gilroy is the garlic, is the garlic, garlic castle. Yes. yes. And yeah. uh, according to kfat.com, where you can see a one page history of the old radio station, it apparently broadcast a quirky mix of country blues, old timey music, raunchy comedy, bluegrass, Hawaiian and whatever struck the fancy of the disc jockey. Huh. And if that's your jam, some of the DJs have carried on as K-Pig in Freedom, California. So you can do that. And now the last part of recent... Well, all, all of that, all of that totally aligns with Slaughter. Totally. It makes a lot and of that, sense. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, just to end and to close out, I just thought, because this is a movie shot in San Diego, I just thought, how many movies do you know that were made in San Diego? Mark? Uh, Top Gun. Right, Uh, right. Erica? uh, Erica? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, wait, Can you name a movie Um, that was shot uh, in San Diego? uh, Hold on, hold on. Uh, Wasn't Turner and Hooch? You were very close. K-9 was shot in in San Diego. Takes place in San Diego and shot entirely in San Diego. Anchorman. Anchorman was shot partially. Both yes. movies were shot partially. Top Gun was shot, I believe, partially, but a lot of it was shot in San Diego. There's only a couple movies that were shot entirely in San Diego, this being one. K hmm. uh, 9 was a shot entirely in San Diego. Another movie, Scavenger Hunt, which is a, you know, 80s comedy. Um, it is not good. <laughs> It is it is one of the greatest compared to what <laughs> compared to Slaughterhouse because it is one of the greatest or... ensemble cast. It has literally everyone. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It's not in the 80s. It's not. It came out in 1979. It has a giant cast like 
James Coco, Richard Benjamin, Roddy McDowell, Cleavon Little, Cloris Leachman, Tony Randall, Dirk Benedict, uh, Richard Masur, Stephen First, this, Willie Ames. It's got everybody in it, and uh, it is just awful. But it's entirely shot in San Diego. Um, and uh, anything? Uh, can you think of anything else, Mark? Uh, 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 no. No, Almost famous not. starts in San Diego. In fact, it also has a scene uh, that yeah, they start. Yeah, they started when they part of when it. he meets the band sure. for the first time. They're loading into the what was then the San Diego Sports Arena. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. but there's also another movie that we will get to talk about later in this podcast that oh, was shot gosh. entirely in San Diego. Oh no! Not only tonight not, is this for tonight. Tonight, I'm, <laughs> yep, I'm tired. Yep. We're gonna talk. Here we go, guys. This is a double episode. <laughs> No, uh, oh god! <laughs> not only was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes shot in San Diego, but its sequel, New World's Return of the Killer Tomatoes, starring George Clooney, maybe sponsored by Pepsi, not hundred percent, but that was shot entirely oh, in San Diego. Wow! Um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> oh man, I'm kind of pumped to watch that. Yeah. One. Um, the other, the other movie that was shot entirely in San Diego was Paranormal Activity. Oh. And then the, se- oh, right, right, the sequel right. is set in San Diego, but it was actually shot in Woodland Hills. Mm. Uh, another the also San Diego one, of LA. Also one, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, also, that one scene in Phantasm shot in San oh, Diego. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that one scene. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, well, I remember, and Julian, I remember right? that one. Yeah. And Julian. Yeah. That's still San Diego, San Diego County. Now, real quickly, and just uh, looking up movies that were shot in San Diego, I just want to make a quick note. Not The Last World. Last World was not shot in San Diego, despite the fact right. that they go down to San Diego because that's where they're taking mm. the T-Rex. Actually, they uh, they redressed Burbank uh, to hmm. be the gas lamp, uh, gaslight section of hmm. downtown. Gaslight. The gas lamp, gas lamp. pardon me. Gas. They were gaslighting gas San Diegans by... Yeah. <laughs> Dressing up Burbank to be gas lamping. Gas lamping. <laughs> yes. I almost said gas lamp and changed to gaslight because I thought, no, 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 it's gaslight. Um, no. And, it's and not. the 76. Sorry, you only grew up there. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Only my hometown. Yeah. Um, the... Yeah, but hold on, hold on. Just to be fair, we've lived away from there longer For than sure. we ever yes, lived yes. there. I'm not trying. I'm so. not here to be fair, Mark. <laughs> I'm the, here to be sponsored by Pepsi. In fact, the 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 seventy six gas station where they knock the ball, the seventy six ball off, and it rolls down. That's actually Granada Hills. So, mm. not shot in San Diego, which is a huge was very disappointing. But anyway, that is it for Slaughterhouse, sponsored by Pepsi. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please uh, rate, review this episode wherever you find your. Your podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts, mostly those three. You can also write us info at newworldpodcast.com. Send us your comments, your questions. We will probably read them on a next bonus episode because we'll be doing bonus episodes between our regular episodes. So hit us up there. Hit us up on Instagram. We're there. We're also on Facebook. On Facebook. Have you guys ever heard of Facebook? What? We're on that too. I know. It's crazy. But uh, hit us up on all those things. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. 
We'll see you on the next episode of the New World Podcast. There's a feeling in the air that you can't get anywhere except Cleveland. I taste a thousand yesterdays and I love the magic ways of Cleveland. From the Great Lake here.